It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Coach on Block Talk Radio. I'm your host, Edie Summers, and I am so grateful and honored today to have as my guest musician Philip Wesley. Philip Wesley is a solo piano artist and composer. His most popular album, Dark Night of the Soul, reached number one on the iTunes charts, topped the top 100 on Amazon, and is a bestseller on CD Baby and topped the Billboard charts for all of his genre of music. Philip's interest in the piano didn't develop until 1991 when he went to college to study music therapy, and he was serendipitously introduced to the piano music of other modern composers. Um, I definitely want to talk to him about that. Um, I think one of those composers was David Lanz. And um, uh, Philip also um, worked as a board-certified music therapist for nearly 10 years while he was working on his craft of composing piano music and developing his style. Late in 2002, early 2003, saw the release of Philip's first album, Finding Solace. In 2004 and 2005, he released his next two albums, In a Lifetime and Comfort and Joy. Philip finally released his fourth album, Dark Night of the Soul, in the fall of 2008, although it took a couple of years before it took off and went completely viral. It did resonate with people all over the world, and it has gone on to become his most popular album to date. In 2012, Philip released two new albums, Hope Endures, a sister album and sequel to Dark Night of the Soul, and his 10-year retrospective best of album called Heart to Hands. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Philip's retrospective album, Heart to Hands, while Philip comes on the line here. Heart to Hands is a retrospective compilation features that features some of Philip Wesley's most beloved solo piano works spanning his first five albums over the course of a decade. All of the songs have been re-recorded and remastered. For those familiar with Philip Wesley's music, it will be like hearing them again for the first time. For those who are not familiar with his music, this is the perfect place to start. Tender, romantic, introspective, powerful, and intense. A master of the contemporary piano solo genre, Philip presents a soul-stirring album for a worldwide audience. Included are the 12 following songs, Lamentations of the Heart, Wings to Freedom, Light and Shadow, Comfort and Joy, Dark Night of the Soul, At This Moment, Leaving the Darkness Behind, Love Remembered, 
the unknown, equestrian dream, racing against the sunset, and second chances. And while uh, we're waiting for um, Philip, Philip is on the line here, but I'm going to play actually one of the clips from his um, album, Heart to Hands. It's called At This Moment. Be right back. And you've been listening to At This Moment, which is off of Philip Wesley's retrospective album, Heart to Hands. Um, And I want to welcome Philip into the studio. Hi, Philip. Uh, Thanks for being here. How are you? Hi, Edie. Can you hear me? (laughs) I can. (laughs) Yes. Great. Great. Um, Well, that was uh, very beautiful. Could you tell us a little bit about that song in particular, At This Moment? Well, At This Moment was the very first uh, track on my very first album, uh, Finding uh-huh. Solace, which I released back at the end of 2002, beginning of 2003. It's probably one of the more popular songs on the album. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the song is really about learning to, to live life in the present moment. Uh, I think so many times we get caught up in our troubles and our problems, and we we worry about the future and we regret the past and and really failed uh, to enjoy the moment. And so uh, really that's what the song is about. Mm. And what a, what a perfect way to to start because um, there really isn't, that's really where everything is, is in the present moment. So um, I just appreciate you, what you just said. Um, And just, I I love that there's a song about that. Um, That's I think so important for, for all of us really. Um, so, um, thank you for expressing that so eloquently. And um, I just, I just, I have to say, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm a fan first and foremost. If that's not apparent by now, um, and um, oh, I, I just, um, I think I heard you first on Pandora, and I, I listen to your music all the time while I'm writing, and it, I find it very relaxing and. I was really interested. I would love to know more of your background because it, am I understanding it correctly that um, that you did write a CD or like a some music for stress management or something along those lines? 
Can you tell us more about yeah. your background? Because I was curious about that part. Yeah. So to to start, I mean, we have to go way back to when I was a kid. I, I was not I was not a musical kid at all. I I loved music. I enjoyed listening to music, but I, I never never really occurred to me to play an instrument. As funny as that sounds. Um, <laughs> I, I was I was an athlete growing up. I mean, I, I played soccer for six years and football for four years and. I ran track for a year, and but I got injured a lot. So um, I thought at the age of 16, I thought, well, you know, I need to take up something a little less physical. <laughs> and so, I, so ironically, I started playing. I started playing guitar um, at the age of 16, mm. which in itself is very physical. And and my my mother always wanted me to play the piano, but I always blew her off. And I thought, you know, that's <laughs> not really what I'm interested in. And, of course, young adolescent boys want to play rock music and they want to play guitar, <laughs> they want to play drums and stuff like that. So really that's where I got started with music was at the age of 16 playing guitar music. <laughs> and I used to play a lot of uh, guitar virtuoso music and I I would just lock myself in my room for hours and get lost in, in music. And, you know, I, I guess you could say I was one of those kids that kind of had a, a rich inner world, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love that. And, and so really, I mean, that was, for me, the start of it. I just felt very passionate about it. And so uh, when I finished high school and went to college, I, I discovered uh, music therapy, and I was intrigued by it. And so I had done some research on it, I talked to some professors in the area and decided that it was for me at the time. And and uh, I also discovered in my studies that not only did I have to be proficient in guitar, but also in piano. And really that was the start of my journey with the piano uh, was when I was in college, uh, around the age of 20, 20 years old, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember taking music, uh, a lot of the core courses in, in music theory and composition and class piano and I just remember hearing uh, hearing uh, this this music coming from the front of the room. Uh, the the advanced students were sitting in the front, and us beginners were in the back of the room, and we were learning, you know, whatever simple little song it was we were we were studying. And I remember hearing this music, and I thought, "Wow, that's beautiful music. What is that?" <laughs> and everybody everybody said, "Well, that's David Lawrence." I said, "Who's David Lawrence?" Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> I went and bought a CD and a songbook. Of course, this was before the internet, um, uh, so I went to the local music store and bought a CD and a, and a songbook, and I just I just fell in love with this modern contemporary style of piano music, and that's really where my journey began. Um, mm-hmm. And I began composing almost immediately. Um, wow! And a lot of the a lot of some of the songs on the very first album I released uh, date back to those very early compositions. Um, so I finished, so I finished my degree in, in music therapy, and I practiced um, in, in uh, St. Louis, where I'm originally from. And I did that for almost 10 years. Um, and every music therapist uh, that practices uh, has a particular area of interest or specialty. You know, some work in psychiatry, some work with geriatrics, some work with autistic children. Uh, it, it varies. M- my area of expertise and study was psychiatry. I was fascinated with, with mental health and uh, how it could be used to help people in in, in mental health, mental health mm-hmm. settings. Um, and so 
but as you can imagine, uh, that that uh, particular profession, like any helping profession, has a pretty high burnout rate. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I saw a lot of really heavy stuff uh, mm-hmm. through through my years of practice, and and I just felt uh, after ten years it was time to move on and do other things, and and really during that time is when I began. Uh, composing uh what would become my my current albums wow. and so i you know, i kind of took it in a different direction um not as a board certified music therapist per se but i do have a lot of people that tell me that my music is therapeutic to them mm, absolutely um i think i and it's also i didn't know that so that you specialized in working with mental health so i did did that influence your other albums and your some of your other songs I'm just curious. Uh, I I think it can't uh, be helped working with Mm -hmm. a a population that is uh, very difficult to deal with, and you see a lot of really heavy emotional thoughts. I think that Mm -hmm. kind of seeps in a little bit and maybe maybe influences a little bit. But um, Mm -hmm. but I, I would say... Um, a lot of my music is very autobiographical. I mean, it's it's influenced really? by whatever it is that I'm dealing with in my own my own life. You know, the things that I experience mm-hmm. and, and do. So, wow, that's that's so fascinating. And I just I have to say I love David Lons too. And I um I think he was one of the first. Um, now I call it neoclassical. I know you call it contemporary. Um, right. I know that. Yeah. So I just but like the modern kind of modern contemporary music. Um, I think right. I remember well, playing you know, the, him too. The record, the record industry likes to categorize it as new age music, but I don't. I never mm-hmm. really understood that. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I know there's some music out there that could be considered new age, but um, mm-hmm. I've always felt like mine was just more of a modern contemporary focus. It's not really classical. It's not really jazz, although it, it lends itself, uh, you know, from those things. But you know, what's in a name? I mean, mm-hmm. why do they call jazz jazz and rock and roll rock and roll? <laughs> It's a way of categorizing or labeling something, I guess. Right, right. And it's, yeah, and labels can, um, we can only go so far, and it's just, it really is about the like, liberation of the mind and the body and the soul, so, um, yeah. which is, you can't really categorize. So, well, I, um, I, I was going to play um, your next song, which is Comfort and Joy. I was wondering if you could give us a little background on that particular song, Um yeah. Like what? So, Comfort and Joy is the title track to my Christmas album, which I released back in 2005. And, um, you know, it's just the, the songs in that album are my, my take of traditional Christmas music, but I also have some original compositions in there, and Comfort and Joy is, is one of them. And mm-hmm. Comfort and Joy for me is just, uh, you know, about being with friends and family and the holidays. And, you know, I think because... Christmas is so commercialized, it can be very stressful. Mm, um, yes. And it, it's a difficult time of year for for a lot of people for various reasons, mm-hmm. but Definitely. really that's what I wanted the album to be about, was about comfort and joy and, and, and peace and serenity during a, a, a sometimes hectic uh, time of year. Mm. And also, I know that that was for your Christmas album, but I also know that um, we are. This is Valentine's Day, and that can also be kind of sometimes that's a very commercial holiday too. So it's just again, it gets it's nice to get back in touch with. Um, you were talking about being in the moment and just sort of like those internal, you know, um, points of reference that we can all experience um, regardless of kind of what's going on in the outside world. And um, yeah. so, 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and play. Um, this is a this is part of your song, um, Comfort and Joy. So um, we'll be right back. Beautiful. Um, you were just listening to Comfort and Joy, and that is an original composition off of um, Philip's uh, Christmas album. Is that correct, Philip? Yeah, it's Summer, is that correctly? It's, uh, um, yeah, it, it also appears on the Heart to Hands album, which is the retrospective album, kind of like a best of album. Mm, and it's so that's really beautiful. I really love that. And I'm so I'm curious about your um, how you actually. Compose now. I I do play piano myself. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. uh, at the level that you're at. I have dabbled a little bit in in improvising, and um, I'm curious about. Um, I think first of all, what's really interesting to me is that I can hear, say, like the influence of David Lons. However, you're you have you're original. Like I think that's what really strikes me about your music is it it strikes like I. Every time I hear it, and especially like oh, the next song we're going to play is Dark Night of the Soul, um, you know, I, I feel like this connection is like, oh, I, this, this feels, it resonates with me. I recognize mm-hmm. this, and yet it's original. I just, I'm wondering um, what your um, procedure, like how do you compose? Where does it come from? Well, first of all, you're not, not the first person to say that. I, I hear that over <laughs> and over and over from a lot of people about mm-hmm. the connection, which is very cool very flattering um to mm-hmm. you know it's one thing to write music it's another thing to connect with people on such a deep emotional level it's just it's such mm-hmm. a blessing um, mm-hmm. but yeah my, my process for for writing music um you know it, it, it the muse comes and goes there's times when i, I just <laughs> have nothing i just feel completely uninspired and and then all of a sudden inspiration just strikes and it comes out of nowhere and it's totally uh, unexpected. It's a, it's a pleasant surprise when it happens. Mm-hmm. But like I said earlier, you know, a lot of my uh, muse comes from life experiences and, and things that I, I experience and feel. And um, but my, you know, my my process for writing isn't. I don't. I actually don't write anything down. You know, I don't put pen to paper. I don't use software when I compose. I just. I, it's it's kind of funny. I kind of noodle. You know, I'll. Mm-hmm. I'll Play, I'll just play, and I'll come across these ideas, and I'll develop them. And nothing is more uh, um, 
close to that as the next song that you're going to play, Dark Night of the Soul. Uh, you know, I, it, mm. it's one of those songs that mm. I, I came across this musical idea, and before I knew it, uh, I was when I was looking at the keyboard, I was just seeing the song unfold before me. I, I was just seeing exactly where it wanted to go. Uh, not every song happens like that. And Dark Knight mm-hmm. was actually one of the quickest songs that I had written, and it also happens to be one of the most popular songs that I've written, which is, which was a total shock to me. I mean, I, I had no idea. Um, and so, you know, the song just unfolded, and it was just, uh, amazing the way that happened. And other times, you know, I, other songs take years to write because I'm stuck and I have writer's block or, you know, it just doesn't seem finished or something's missing. And so sometimes it's a little bit of a, of a crockpot type uh, approach to some of the songs of just playing them, letting them stew, letting them uh, simmer over time before they're completely finished. Um, so you know, it really depends on the song, but okay. you know, bottom line is, I think I think my inspiration has to be there for one and two, uh, just a lot of experimentation and improvisation and, and just finding actually a little bit like Forrest Gump stumbling across these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, and and then also you mentioned that Dark Knight of the Soul. Do, um, that did it almost feel like it came through you then in that instance? I mean, I've just I've wondered about this process sometimes of yeah um, yeah in that case that yeah that that uh, that album every song in that album uh, was really interesting. It just I don't know I was in the zone I was plugged into something <laughs> I don't know what it was but it just it flowed through me and and, and mm. again I mean I think it had a lot to do with you know what I was going through at the time in my life I mean I was it, it was probably one of the most challenging and emotionally turbulent times in my life um, and I think people a lot of people really relate to that um, out of all my albums mm. Dark Knight of the Soul is probably the most relatable. I mean, a lot of people hear my music and think, oh, it's so pretty, it's so relaxing, it's so beautiful, but nobody really talks about the really intense emotional connection until they listen mm-hmm. to Dark Night of the Soul. And that uh-huh. album, and he, yeah. somebody, and a fan of mine told me, he said he's listened to all my music, and he said that that particular album, he said every single song is like a, a grand slam home run. I mean, every song just really connects and is extremely powerful, and you know, he's yeah. not the first person to say that. It's just incredible the the response that I've gotten from people over the years uh, about this album, and it's still popular today. I released it uh, back in two thousand eight. Mm. And I, yeah, I'm I'm one of those people. Um, I just I I just love it, and it, it does. It there's something about it that resonates. And you're right. It's like every single song on there. So um, we're going to play Dark Night of the Soul right now, but then also. Um, what of the other MP3s that you sent me here are from Dark, um, that album, Dark Night of the Soul? Is it mm-hmm. Lamentations of the Heart, Leaving the Darkness Behind? Yeah. Are those in there as well? Okay, so maybe the next three. So um, let's play Dark Night of the Soul, and then um, we'll introduce um, the other two as well. So um, we'll be right back. Um, here is Dark Night of the Soul from the album, Dark Night of the Soul. Thank you. 
question. Mm. I just, um, even listening to, um, that was the Dark Night of the Soul um, from Philip's album, Dark Night of the Soul, and I just, I get chill bumps every time I hear that. Um, I just, I don't, it's every single time. So uh, <laughs> that actually might have been the first song that I ever heard of yours, um, come to think of it. So <laughs> what it wouldn't surprise me. Um, awesome. I'm sorry. I said, what a, what a first song to start with. I mean, that's... What that's a first bad. song to start with. Well, it's interesting because I love how, I love the title, and it's, I love how it, it, I think it simultaneously expresses the feeling of being kind of in that dark night of the soul, but at the same time, it feels like very hopeful to me. Um, yeah, and, so, and again, you're not the first person to say that. I mean, I keep hearing that over and over from people. There's something about uh, that song, not just that song, but the whole album. And really, the whole album is about that. I mean, it's about this journey through, it's a music allegory, this journey through darkness and coming out uh, of the darkness on the other side and into the light and into a new day. Mm, uh, that's so well said. Um, and I'm wondering, um, we're, the next one we're going to play is Lamentations of the Heart. Um, yes. I'm wondering if you could um, talk a little bit about that one, um, but also when you—I love that allegory that you just described, like the allegory of um, kind of going through and coming out the other side and into the light. And I'm wondering—I think I saw on your website—does faith play a role for you, or like what was that? Is that a process? Is it, was that a factor yeah. at all for you and yeah. all of this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, my music is instrumental, um, but you know, I. I am considered, I, I do consider myself a Christian, I was raised Christian, and that, those are my beliefs, but for, I'm not one of those people that is very preachy about it, and it's more, it's more personal to me, and, and right. um, I, you know, I, I think there's a spiritual depth to the music that people can yeah. feel, and that they yeah. can relate to, um, and exactly. people actually don't know that about me until they actually read the liner notes of my albums. Um, mm-hmm. But um, again, it's for me, it's just a very personal, um, private thing. But mm-hmm. it does okay. come out in my music for sure. It's not Absolutely. like a Christian artist that has, that has you know words to their songs. I mean, you, you can listen to a Christian <laughs> song and tell for sure. Um, but right. you know, it, and it's funny, too, because I'm considered a New Age artist, <laughs> so it's kind of uh, <laughs> right. a little bit of a conflict there, but, you know, yeah. you know whatever. Mm. It, to me, it, it's, just, it's all just really beautiful piano music that comes from the heart. Mm, oh, I, lo- I love the way you say that. It comes from the heart. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's, and that probably is why it's connecting with so many people, because I think that people really yeah. crave that and that expression. Sure. And, you know, I mean, not everyone is, um, feels brave enough in every single moment to express from the heart. So that's why we need each other to do it for, we kind of have to help each other along the way, I think. Um, right. So um, what is Lamentations of the Heart? Um, do you want to give any backstory for that? Or, um, well, no. and even, Lament- go ahead. Yeah, Lamentations of the Heart is a song I originally wrote in the late 90s. Uh, I didn't release it actually until 2002. And this song is really about, um, you know, we all go through some heavy stuff in our lives and we're all left to deal with it in our own ways. And, you know, whether that's a divorce or um, death of a loved one or whatever it might be, uh, you know, again, we all go through this heavy stuff. And 
it's just that process of of going through it. And and actually, Lamentations first appeared on my uh, my album in a life uh, not in a lifetime. My first album, Finding Solace. Um, okay. way, back, way back in 2002 it's probably one of the most popular songs I've written and it actually appears on three albums uh, first on Finding Solace then it reappears on Dark Night of the Soul and then again on Heart to Hands um, because it's one of my best songs but um, when I first started out as a musician um, this is one of the songs that I would perform in public as I was promoting my first album and and again, most of the music on Finding Solace is just this very uh, quiet, reflective, almost meditative kind of piano music. But there's a track mm-hmm. on there uh, that's a standout called Lamentations of the Heart. And every time I would play mm-hmm. it public, people would say, you know, what is that song? It's just such a beautiful song. And I would I would tell them what it was, and, and people were very complimentary. And, and this kept happening over and over and over and over, and I thought, well, maybe there's something to this. Maybe I need to write a whole album of music like Lamentations of the Heart. And so oh. kind of that was, the, that was the genesis or the seed, if you will, for Dark Knight of the Soul uh, coming to be as it is today. Wow. Um, not only you know, not only the difficult period that, uh, that I went through in my life, but also because I think um, I was recognizing early on that this is the kind of music that people like and want. Mm. Well, that's that's really great to know. Um, I didn't. I I would not have known that if you hadn't shared that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool to know that background on that. So, um, with that being said, um, let's listen to Lamentations of the Heart, which is um, the catalyst for the album Dark Night of the Soul. We'll be right back.
beautiful. Um, we were just listening to Lamentations of the Heart by Philip Wesley. And, um, yeah, that's another one of the um, your songs that I um, tweet a lot. I just, um, <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> so, um, so if, if you haven't noticed. Um, so I, so yeah, the I next re- song. Yeah, I your tweets. <laughs> I, no, I love that. That's that's really I love that. Um, yeah, Twitter is interesting. Um, I I don't know if you knew this, but Twitter is I guess Google picks up Twitter. I had no idea. I just do it because it's fun. But apparently, it's I guess I'm still trying to understand how all of this social media works. But <laughs> it's nice to be connected, though. So um, I think that's the bottom line. Um, so yeah, I just I love how you were talking about how you write from the heart, um, or that that might be a paraphrase, but um, I can really feel it, and um, that's uh, it's just it's very um, I talk again about the word reson- resonating really comes up like your music really resonates with me and obviously and I know that's resonated with a lot of people. Um, your next song is leaving the darkness behind. Um, is there anything that you would like to say? about um, that recording. Yeah, so Leaving the Darkness Behind uh, is actually from an album called Hope Endures. And Hope Endures mm-hmm. is the follow-up album to Dark Night of the Soul. Um, you know, when I was writing the music for the album that came after Dark Night of the Soul, I really think people were expecting Dark Night 2.0. <laughs> and and my, muse, my muse really didn't want to take me there. And I, I never really felt like Dark Night of the Soul was completely finished anyways. I felt like I needed to continue this, telling the story and this journey um, through darkness and, and coming into the light. And so really, um, Hope Endures is kind of like a sister album to Dark Night of the Soul in that mm-hmm. it picks up where Dark Night leaves off. Um, so, you know, there's songs like, you know, Leaving the Darkness Behind and The Unknown. And then it goes into um, uh, to some other songs that also include my arrangements of hymns. Uh, I've, I've had oh, wow. requests over the years from fans that wanted hymns, and I never had any albums that had hymns on them. So mm-hmm. I, felt, wow. I felt like Open Doors fit perfectly with, with uh, that segue of also including hymns, because it's an album about faith, hope, and love, and second chances, and mm. you, know, um, you know, leaving the darkness behind, and so forth. And so so really, that's the that's the uh, concept and journey for for Hope Endures, and there are two mm. uh, Dark Night of Soul and Hope Endures uh, are connected, but they're two very different albums. Mm. I love that, and it's and that will be perfect for the next um, song, which is Light and Shadow. It's kind of like the yin and right. the yang of of life, and um, and actually yeah. we have a caller. Um, caller, yeah. I see you on here. Um, if it's okay with you, we're gonna. I'm gonna play "Leaving the Darkness Behind" because we were just talking about it, and then we'll bring you on the air. So if you can hang tight, we'll be right back. Um, you're, we're gonna play "Leaving the Darkness Behind" and um, from Hope Indoors, and we'll be right back.
Well, that was Leaving the Darkness Behind from Philip's sister album to Dark Night of the Soul, Hope Endures. I hope I got all that correctly. Correct. And um, I'm unfortunately, um, the caller dropped. I'm so sorry. I don't know. They dropped right after um, I played that song, unfortunately. But then maybe they'll call back in. Um, if you want to call back in, I hope you do call back in, whoever that was. Um, the, the number is 619. Oh, here they are. They're called back in. Okay. Um, if that's okay with you, Philip, I'm going to bring them on the line. Mhm. Okay. Um just a second here. Hi, caller area code 954. You're on the line. Do you have a question for Philip? Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi, oh. you're on the line. Um do you you're on the air. Hi. Do you have a question for Philip? No, actually I do. Just a compliment. <laughs> oh. This this is this is Mandy, and I'm a regular listener to Philip Wesley, and I actually accidentally connected with you. I was just trying to listen in on the on the show. Uh huh. Oh. Oh, thanks for tuning so, in. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> You're welcome. But um, I've been what? listening to Philip Wesley. Uh, I started out on Pandora Radio listening to him, and uh, his music changed my life. I don't. Uh, no, any other way to say it like so. I, I mm. highly recommend the music and even to children, everybody. That's awesome. Uh, that's, that's really amazing. You know, Pandora has changed my life. I mean, it's really uh, given me so much exposure to people. Um, it, it's just been incredible. Uh, I think what Pandora has done has just been amazing for independent musicians. Mm. Absolutely. That. What a lovely thing to say. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, do, is there anything else you want to add to that? Um, I'd like to add uh, Lamentations of the Heart was the song that woke me up out of my sleep. And I didn't know who Philip Westy was at all. I had never heard of him, but I was sleeping. And when I heard the song, I woke up and I said, i got to go hear him play. And wow. he can tell you that I drove two hours from where I live to see him play live. Um, at a music uh, piano shop, and and since then, um, I've highly recommended his music to scores of people. So keep keep well, up your you work. So oh my yeah. goodness! Wow, that's, awesome. that's amazing. Which, just out of curiosity, which city is it? Uh, um, I'm in Hollywood, Florida. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm that looking is forward so nice. to you coming back. 
<laughs> to Orlando. So uh, hopefully I will be there. Yep, I will. I will definitely be back. Thank you, guys. Thank you so. Thank, thank you so much. Oh, go ahead. Thank you for turning in. Thank you in so much for, for calling. Bye bye. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Um, wow, that was really great. I'm just I'm so glad that she called in. And um, speaking of concerts, um, Philip, do you want to let people know about any upcoming concerts that you have? Well, actually, um, I just finished some uh, concerts on the West Coast. I played several shows in Southern California last month. Um, and then uh, I've got a little bit of a break. I'm getting ready to plan a tour that's going to hit the Pacific Northwest. Um, it'll, it'll be Northern California, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, uh, the, the Dakotas, uh, Utah, and then I'll be playing again in Florida and probably in the Northeast. I'm going to try to hit New Jersey because I haven't been there yet either. Um, and uh, I'll be playing hopefully Boston and Rhode Island as well. Um, wow. The best way for people to people to know about my concerts is to mm-hmm. go to philipwesley.com and okay. sign up to be on my official mailing list. Um, you know, the interesting thing about social media is that it's it's so hit and miss. I mean, they control content. So if I announce something on, say, Facebook or Twitter, uh, the mm-hmm. chances of somebody seeing that are are slim to none. And mm-hmm. so, really, the, the, yeah. best, the best way to hear hear about um, because I do direct to fan promotion. Uh, you know, the fa- my fans are my lifeblood, and so mm-hmm. in order Absolutely. for people to really stay up to date with what's going on with me, um, if they sign up to be on my my uh, mailing list or my official website, uh, I usually send out like a monthly uh, newsletter. And for those people okay. that are on my postcard mailing list, usually when I come to their state, uh, they'll get a postcard in the mail directly from me, letting them know about. Uh, when and where and all the details. So, mm, perfect. I'm so glad that you said that, and it's it really is true. I mean, there's um yeah. So if people just to I'm going to spell it out for people. It's um it's it's cause a lot of people listen through iTunes, for instance, so they may not see the mm-hmm. show page or so it's um philipwesley.com. So that's p h i l i p w e s lEY.com and then like Philip said you can go ahead and sign up for his newsletter it's really crucial um, like you said because that's the best way to find out for sure like everything that's going on and then it sounds like you also give people um, it's just like a way to get deals and just everything just like yeah. you, you want to be yeah, and I always in- tell people too you know I don't I don't spam you it's just for me to keep in touch <laughs> with you on a monthly basis and also you know people mm-hmm. can unsubscribe um, you know mm-hmm. they have that option people get busy so uh, you know I understand that but uh, again it's just a way for me to to keep in touch with the fans of my music mm, yeah which is which is really great and it's that's great I'm here in Oregon so um, that's I'm so glad that you're coming up to the Pacific Northwest and um, yeah, it's just, yeah, um, we're probably kind of, looking at, probably looking at September for Oregon. Uh, it'll probably oh, wow. be uh, Ash, is it Ashland, Oregon? And oh, Ashland, Port- beautiful. Yeah, and Portland, Oregon, and oh, nice. maybe one other city. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Well, I'll have to remember to have to get on your mailing list too. Then <laughs> make sure that yeah. I know about that. I'm right here in Portland, so um, I'm, ma- I'm ta- ma- giving myself a mental note here. Um, <laughs> okay, well, um, thank you so much for sharing that information with us. And we have two more songs. Um, so the next one is "Light and Shadow." Um, can you tell us the background about that one? Um, what album does it come from, first of all, and then anything else you'd like to share with us? 
Sure. So Light and Shadow was another one of the compositions from Dark Night of the Soul. Uh, it reappears on my best of album called Heart to Hands. And the song is it's really about walking that fine line between light and darkness. I mean, we all go through difficult things in our life, and there are some days when we're doing really well, and then other times not so much. And so it's, that, it's walking that fine line. And so that's why I call it Light and Shadow. Mm, perfect. Okay. Um, I think there's, yeah, there's, that's really all we need to say. So um, let's go ahead and play Light and Shadow from Dark Night of the Soul. beautiful um you were listening to light and shadow from philip wesley's album dark night of the soul and um i you know uh philip um i want to 
Thank you. I just want to thank you so much for being here. Um, I have one more song to play, and I was thinking we could play it as we go out, but um, I just wanted to thank you so much for um, taking time out of your schedule to be here. This was a real treat for me. So um, is there anything else that you want to make sure that your fans know about? Um, I know you're working on a new album, isn't that right? Is there anything you want to share? Yeah. I am working on a new album. Um, it's uh, so far, it's a very passionate-sounding album. It's uh, I think it's a little bit more classically influenced. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I've got about a dozen or so songs, and wow. uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to you guys hearing it. Um, it's a little bit of a, a throwback to some of the songs uh, from Dark Dinosaur, that similar vibe. Um, so uh, I'm always I always try to give the fans what they want, but again, you never know where the muse is going to take you. So um, <laughs> it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, what people think of it. Um, but uh, I'm really liking some of the songs so far. I I um, had the opportunity every year I play at a at a local um, shopping mall here in Nashville where I live, and uh, well, it's a great way for me to uh, meet the fans of my music that have have uh, been listening to me for a while and also to make new fans. And, and I, and, you know, I usually do several days in a row and play eight hour days and it gets really tiresome oh. playing all the same songs over and over. So <laughs> I think at one point I got a little brave and decided to slip some of the newer songs in there and from the new album that I'm working on. And to my surprise, uh, a lot of people liked it. So that's a good sign. So I look forward oh. to uh, hopefully releasing it before the end of the year. Oh, wow. That's great to hear. Um, I look forward to listening to that. And um, I think that's funny. That's kind of how you started out, too, isn't it? Playing, didn't I read that on your bio or somewhere that you started out playing in the malls? Or I I always ask this question, this is my own curiosity, like how did you get your, I don't know if I want to call it the big break, but um, Mm -hmm. how did that happen exactly? I love to hear that, that part of the story. Well, you know, in the beginning, uh, I was just a, a gigging musician, just like a lot of musicians. They just go out in their hometown and they play out and they promote themselves live. And so uh, back in the day, um, you remember Borders Books and Music, right? <laughs> yes. And so before, you know, when Borders was still alive and kicking and doing really well, um, <laughs> they had music night uh, every Friday and Saturday night. And so I would just literally get on the Borders circuit and I would play uh, about a half dozen or so different Borders Books and Music stores all over the area where I was living at the time. And and that's really how uh, people started to get introduced to, to my music. And as I continued to write and record and release more music, uh, it um, you know it started to get all over the Internet. And then eventually by my fourth album, Dark Night of Soul, that's when really things started to take off for me. And... Um, uh, you know, part of it's you know, a lot of hard work, um, but mm-hmm. part of it is also okay. being being at the right place at the right time and, and being plugged mm-hmm. into the right platform to promote your music. And so, mm-hmm. so really, I mean, it wasn't until my fourth album that things really began to take off and I was able to do music full-time for a living, which I'm incredibly mm-hmm. grateful for. And again, that goes back to, you know, the fan base, the people that actually listen to that you know the people that stream my music and download uh, off of iTunes or Amazon or CD Baby or my own website, 
I think one of the pleasant surprises was that um, a lot of my fans tend to be people that actually play the piano, and I have sheet mm. music that I offer on my website for people uh-huh. I have. Every single piece of music that I've written is available in sheet music as well as songbooks. Um, and um, nice. it was a surprise to find that uh, my biggest fan base, part of my uh, fan base is uh, people that play, people that are pianists, whether they're students or teachers or whoever that might be. And so that was uh, that was a pleasant surprise. That's that's a huge mm-hmm. demographic. That's great to know. And I, I, I am one of those people that um, I do buy sheet music and, and play um, other people's compositions. So that's really good to know. <laughs> I think I did see yeah. some of that on there. So that's good to know that it's available for every single song. And sometimes you can't find the music for every single song. So um, right. that's, a, that's a nice treat to have for sure. And then I just remember that um, my other question is, I'm not sure if I ask you, asked you this, um, since you mm-hmm. did start playing um, piano when you were 20, right? Um, are you classically trained or how does that work? Is it, um, I'm just curious about like um, your training well, that I- way, is it? Yeah, yeah, I'm not really classically trained. I mean, I, I, you hear about these people that started playing piano when they were four and they've been classically trained and they've been playing all this extremely difficult music. And mm-hmm. I've never really, um, I mean, I had some training in college, um, but it was pretty limited. And most of what I do and have done has mostly been self-taught through independent well, study. Okay, um, that's what I'm know, wondering. I, I did, you know, I just studied the, the music of, with people that I really like and just kind of immerse myself in that whole that whole uh, culture of music and it just sort of started to seep in. But pretty mm-hmm. pretty quickly right away I took to the piano because the piano is laid out step by step. It's very chromatic. And mm-hmm. when you look at a piano, um, or at least when I look at a piano, it makes more sense to me uh, in the patterns that I see versus when I look at a guitar because a guitar is laid out very differently. Um, <laughs> That's very true. And so you know, I took um, you know I took huh. theory and composition and piano, um, uh, you know, all together. So I think a, a lot of that helps me um, uh, right out, out of the gate early on in my uh, studies in college. Mhm. And then, okay, so I have two questions out of that. Um, you say you see patterns, and like, can you look at a piano and see patterns? I mean, obviously, there's. Um, if you know theory and things like that, you would see obvious patterns. But do you see other right. patterns in addition, or is that what you're seeing is what you were trained in theory, or just also your own instinct? Well, like for example, Dark Time of the Soul. Um, and a lot of my music is very structured. Um, mm-hmm. When I was composing Dark Time of the Soul, I kept seeing these patterns in these very specific uh, structured ways. And so, I, you know, it's just mm-hmm. this. What I like about that song is it, it's just a very simple musical idea, and then it builds on that. And mm, um, there's different variations in the left hand and the right hand of between melody and and, and um, the chords. Um, mm-hmm. The different the different ways the chords are are um, played and combined and added. And uh, what I like about that song so much is that it. It um, starts out with this very simple musical idea, and it grows and builds, and then it ends as softly as it began. Um, I, I think um, I, I think that's a, a really cool and fun way to uh, to look at it and, and write music. 
Hmm, interesting. Um, that's and it's and it's such a gift too, of course, to be able to compose and write. I I think. Um, and then my other yeah. question was: Does does um, playing? Were you self-taught with guitar? And also, did you does playing guitar does that influence how you play piano? Or compose um, or anything? It may, it may subconsciously because you know I played a lot of rock music when I was mm-hmm. uh, first starting, and um, so it was this very dark. Uh, sometimes introspective instrumental rock music. I mean, I was playing stuff like huh. Dust Atriani and Steve Vai and Stevie Ray Vaughan, oh. I mean, all the guitar greats. Wow. And, um, oh. you know, I was... Uh, the answer to the other part of your question is uh, I, I did have some lessons for guitar in, in the early beginning stages of it, but, again, a lot of mm-hmm. it was also very uh, self-taught independent study. Okay. I was just very driven and very inspired by by music. Uh, wow. Even even from an early age, uh, even when I I didn't play an instrument, I always had a deep love for for music. Hmm. And there's, and music is so incredibly powerful and healing. And I'm just so grateful that you're that you've shared your gift um, because the world's a better place for it. And so um, thank you for pursuing your passion. Really. Um, well, it's, thank um, you to everybody that uh, has listened and supported me. You know, as as long as there's people out there supporting me, uh, the creation of music will will continue. And that's and it really is a two way street. It's just like anything in life is about um, that feedback. And um, yeah, we're all connected, so it's just it's wonderful. So um, on that note, um, we're gonna go out with um, playing "Love Remembered." So um, what album does that come off of? And also, is there anything that you'd like to say about um, the final song that we're playing today? Yeah, Love Remembered is actually uh, a really fun song for me to play. Um, it's it's probably not my most one of my most popular songs. It's kind of buried in my catalog, but it's um, <laughs> one of the more tender romantic pieces that I've written. It's a very simple piece, uh, but very uh, touching and uh, it first appeared on my In a Lifetime album, and then it reappears on my retrospective Heart to Hands album. Um, and it's just, it's an album, uh, or the song, rather, is about, um, Love Remembered is, is about first love. I mean, we all remember our mm-hmm. first love and and all the feelings and emotions that come with that. And and um, so, yeah, and that, that's really what the song is about. It's, it's about okay. remembering our, our first love. Hmm. Well, that's great. And it's also, I think it's um, just, it's also nice to get in touch with kind of like our own, um, again, coming from the heart, right? I think that's a good, a good yeah. metaphor for today in general. So, um, well, um, we're going to, I'm going to play this as we're going out. But so again, I just want to thank you so much for being here. And it was just, um, it was such a pleasure to have you on the, the show today. So thank you so much, Philip. Yeah, and I will. (laughs) Thank you, and I'm sure I'll um, talk to you on Facebook or Twitter or something. So, um, yeah, I love keeping in touch with people on social media. Oh, great. Well, um, it was yeah, it was um, so. um, Thank you so much for um, connecting with me on there as well. And um, yeah, thanks again. And I'm I'll talk to you um, at some point. Take care. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 